Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And I'm so happy to be here today talking about the idea of compassion and how that works with recovery from disordered eating, body hatred, or just not liking yourself very much. And how that's such a important part of the recovery that trying to recover for many years before I finally did, I didn't know that I had to have that compassion piece. I would actually be worse to myself, more mad at myself, more upset with myself that I wasn't doing it right. What even was right? I didn't even know. I had no idea. And so the front of the card is the goddess has her hand on the little deer and she has the other hand on the heart and it has a beautiful background and it's a very compassionate picture here. And the other side says, compassion is the necessary foundation for all healing. When we can have compassion for the parts of ourselves that we dislike the most, we can let go of the debilitating shame and self-hatred we have carried for so long and use our compassion to bring love, understanding, and then if necessary, change. So for me, the whole idea of having compassion for the parts of me that I just really did not like at all, the part of myself that I dislike the most, you know, so if I was working on uh, body hatred, I hated that I hated my body, but I also hated my body. (laughs) So (laughs) I didn't know how to let that go. I didn't know how to have compassion for my body because it was not doing what I wanted it to do, which was to be thinner than it wanted to be, but I wanted to eat like large amounts of food all day long. (laughs) And so it just didn't work out. And I had a lot of self-hatred for who I was or who I thought I was. Every part of myself, I just did not like at all. And so when somebody said, you need to have compassion for the part of you that has no compassion for you, it was like, you know, I see your lips moving and I know that that's English that you're speaking, but I have no friggin' idea what you just said. So here is somebody that we have today who really, I feel, has stepped into that compassion piece for a very long time and has brought that out to the world as well. So I want to introduce Connie and I'll let her take it from here and tell us who she is and what she's doing and what up with her. Hi, Laura Lee. It's just so good to be back. I have chills just listening to you talk to start. just want to say that compassion is so important. I am Connie Subchuk, and I am the co-founder and executive director of The Body Positive, which is a nonprofit organization that my colleague Elizabeth Scott and I co-founded 
25 years ago. We are celebrating wow. our 25th anniversary this year. Yeah. So a big piece of what we teach is compassion. Uh, we work with people to create be body positive programs in schools and in their therapy practices. And we support individuals as well. And just really having a more peaceful, joyful relationship with their bodies. So there's a lot that goes into that, but that's the nutshell of what we do. So this is your 25th birthday of your wonderful yes. nonprofit organization that has helped thousands who we don't even know. Well, we've actually figured out 1.1 a million people have been reached over that. We did our numbers for our anniversary celebration. And because of our facilitators that we've trained and how many people they've reached, we've, wow. yeah, we realized that it's over a million. Gosh. So it's pretty exciting. I know that part makes me feel good. Oh, for sure. Especially when there was nothing like nothing. what you were coming out to do. Nothing. So tell me, what are you going to do for your birthday? <laughs> For our birthday, we are having Be Body Positive Week, which is really exciting. November 1st through 5th, we're going to have five days of activity. So each day there's going to be an Instagram live based on each of the five competencies of our Be Body Positive model. So reclaim health, practice intuitive self-care, cultivate self-love declare your own authentic beauty and build community. So each day will be Instagram live. And then Monday and Wednesday, we'll also have Zoom workshops. On Monday, it's going to be on sizeism and fat phobia and how to gain tools to deal with those in our lives and what how those have affected us. And we have two awesome presenters for that that are going to be amazing. And then Wednesday, I'm doing a Zoom workshop on kind of deepening the process of self-love and working with the critical voice like love and fear and how those live in our bodies and how to work with that. And then on Friday night or afternoon, 4 p.m. Pacific time, we will have our celebration gala. So we're going to have body positive trailblazer awards and we're going to have guest speakers and wow performers and it's going to be really fun. Yeah, lots of giveaways and all sorts of fun things. Everything is free. The whole thing is free. This is our gift to our community worldwide. And is that going to be on Zoom? Yes, everything is virtual. So wow. we have yeah the Instagram Live all of the week and then virtual. Virtual gala. gala. Yeah, to celebrate. So Crazy. Fun. Yeah. yeah. So um, people can find it if you go to our website, thebodypositive.org, and then backslash event, that's how to register. Okay. So when people register, they're going to get like a digital gift bag and all oh, sorts of Oh, so fun. So talk a little bit more about these concepts that you're talking about that you're going to do every day for four days. Sure. So first day is Reclaim Health. So we're going to start the Instagram Live is going to be a kickoff call. I'm going to be doing that with one of our board members, Athena Nair, who is a third year student at Tufts University. She was one of our high school student leaders, be body positive leaders, and just loves this work and is so passionate. Her life was transformed 100%. And so she's now on our board and working with us. And so we're going to talk about our definition of body positivity, since there's a lot of different definitions of it out there and kind of talk about what it means to us. And then the idea of a lot of people are interested in body neutrality. And just to talk about what all that means, share a bit about that. And then in the afternoon at 4pm Pacific time, Athena and another amazing person, Naomi Finkelstein will be doing the zoom workshop on sizeism. And so really diving into that. So that's Monday, Tuesday is practice intuitive self care, it's going to be really fun. One of our sponsors, 
sponsors is me undies. And so there's going to be a me undies dance party and Athena and Naomi will be leading that. So they're going to be in their me undies and just having a real (laughs) celebration. And then talking about what intuitive self-care means and how to practice it and how just getting people beyond the idea of self-care is something that is tight and we have to do it to be good, but how can we have more joy and pleasure in our self-care? Wednesday is Cultivate Self-Love. So Elizabeth Scott, colleague Elizabeth, wonderful, amazing social worker, will be presenting with one of our Be Body Positive facilitators, Jasmine Cornell, and they will be looking at the idea of turning towards our critical voices with love and self-love. So Elizabeth is amazing, as you know, and so that's going to be a really great one. And then that afternoon, I'll do the Zoom workshop at 4 p.m., really exploring yet in our bodies, having a very physical experience with love and fear and what that means and what that does and how we can choose ways and tools for choosing love. And then I'm presenting with another one of our Be Body Positive facilitators. We're going to have a little extra piece on it and going to go through another activity about the critical voice. So this all ties in and and if anybody's interested, they can check out my TEDx talk, Embracing Your Critical Voice, The Gateway to Self-Love. So I'll be expanding on that a bit. Yeah, that's what I was hoping that you would talk about because that, of course, we've known each other for a long time and everything you do, I think is perfect and wonderful and the greatest thing ever, but I really loved it and I put it in my newsletter and I got such good feedback about it from people. Oh my God, that was so good. So I'll put it, I'll put it in again for November. All Um, right. Thank you. So Thursday is Declare Your Own Authentic Beauty, and I'll be presenting with Jessica Diaz, who is one of our other amazing board members who's been working with us since she was 14, and she's now in her mid-30s. So it's going to be amazing. We're going to just, yeah, talk about ways to really see beauty and have beauty in our lives to bring more awe and more honoring of our ancestors and just like this whole process of having beauty and seeing ourselves as part of it and how that changes life so much. Friday is build community and that um, Athena will be coming back with a panel of amazing people to talk to about building body positive community and then the gala at night. Beautiful. And I remember in your TED Talk, and of course, all your work always is always about that idea of stepping into your self, you know, that this is the self. I mean, we can always get better. I mean, we can always learn and grow and change, but we are really, these are our body. This is our body. When I go into schools, I say, you want to know what you're going to look like? Look at your ancestors. That is a great way to go. Why am I like this? There are those thighs. There's that butt. (laughs) There are those breasts. There's that height. And we're different people too, but we forget that in this culture that we have these important ancestors to remember and to go, well, I have my grandmother's eyes or I have my grandfather's nose or whatever. We forget to do that in this day and age. So I'm so glad that you're bringing that up again. Thank you. Yeah, it's really important. And even if people don't know their ancestors or don't feel connected to the ones that they're around right now, we talk about imagination of going back in time and thinking about where that person was that gave you these qualities, whether it's physical or personality traits, and just how we can imagine this beautiful line of people who are there for us and still living in our bodies. And also really important to honor that people are going to want to change their bodies and especially thinking about 
transition surgery and things like that. So we may want to make changes. And the goal is to feel at home in our bodies and also to acknowledge all these people that came before and all the people that work to give us the rights that we have to be able to be in our bodies the way we do. So there's so much to it that can be really rich and make a different relationship with having this thing that we have to take care of and we can choose how we want to. We can be loving towards it and we can be mean to it, like you were saying in the beginning. And yes, being loving towards it has a lot of obstacles in the way. And I think that's what our work has been is just to create these spaces where people look at their body story, look at their history, look at the messages they've gotten, and then see where the obstacles are. And then we are there to support in how do you remove these obstacles? And how can you find the support you need to change your environment, to change the inside of your head environment, whatever it is, but also looking at the more systemic systems and social environment that cause people to be disconnected and disembodied. Yes. You know, as you're talking, I was thinking about my grandmother who the story is, and I don't have any proof of this, but the story is, is that she came over from Ireland with it. It might be my great grandmother that came over from Ireland with a note on her chest saying her name and who was going to pick her up and where she belonged and what, you know, where she came from. So they could send her back if that person didn't show up and the person did not show up. And she sat there for a few days until somebody said, I will sponsor her. And then they more or less gave her to a family. And it turned out really well. The family was fabulous. And she got to stay in America. And then she met my great-grandfather. And then, like, that's why I'm here. And uh, (laughs) I think about, and she was 12. And at 12, I think, if I had a hangnail, I I couldn't go to school. (laughs) So... (laughs) My hair was uh, not straight enough. I couldn't go to school, you know. If my bangs were too short, I wouldn't come out of the house for a year. It just was so, I had no idea what that was going to be like, you know, or what world the world was going to be like and how much more adventurous and just sort of throw themselves into the thing that they were. These ancestors that just, I think I'll go across the country in a wagon with a petticoat and 50 pounds of clothing on, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in boots that don't fit very well. Okay, I'll go with you. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I mean, there was so much more about survival in past generations. And here we are. I mean, yes, there are a lot of people who are in survival mode and really want to honor that and don't have enough food to eat and are really working to be able to nourish themselves any way they can. And There are those of us who have privilege and who have time and resources to have what we want. And then how easy it is to forget some of these things that are really basic. I just remember a long time ago, I was working with a company and I was working with adults and it was really powerful. I was coming in and doing workshops after work once a week for a while. And there was one person there who was very athletic, built strong and hated her body and because she wanted to be tall and thin and like that sort of was my thing. And she was really getting it. And then like after I'd stopped doing the workshops, maybe a month or two later, I ended up meeting with her and a couple of the other women. And she said that she was back at Weight Watchers. And I was so sad. I was so sad. And then the next morning, I was driving my daughter to high school early in the morning for a lab. As I drove away, there were a whole lot of homeless people 
on the streets, just waking up. And I kept thinking, where are they going to get their meal for their breakfast? And then the juxtaposition of this person who had so much and so many resources, and I'm not blaming her because she's part of this whole system too, but to see that juxtaposition and it just broke my heart, you know, just the suffering that is there that is created and one that is really just there. And how can we lift off that burden and then for the people that are, you know, really wanting to try and diminish themselves. When we can lift that up, when we can have compassion for ourselves, when we can see our bodies as these amazing vehicles that give us life, how can we then use them to then create social change so others can have enough to eat? It's stuck with me. It's been a really long time, and I cannot let go of that. In Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm... When you're It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. Well, yeah, they don't have enough to eat, and we have too much to eat. And we don't want to have that much to eat because we want to be on a diet. We want to not even eat real food, kind of. And... I think about these people that are in all over the world that are leaving their countries out of distress. It's like my family left Ireland because there was no food. There was a famine and she was the next oldest daughter at 12 and she had to go, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) sorry. I know you had other plans, but now we're sending you somewhere because we can't afford to feed you. And that is happening today, right now, today. It's happening. We can't afford to feed you, or if you stay here, you're going to get killed, or if we've got to get you out of here, whoever you are, I've got to get myself and my kids out. And it seems to me like those are the people that any country should go, yes, let's take them. They've gone through something. These are the best people that are just setting out with their little, this ancestor left Ireland with a bag, one bag, all her stuff in one bag. That's all she had. So what is that like? And of course, built a fabulous life and became a wonderful citizen and loved America with all her heart. So we forget what's important in this culture. And that's the part for me, again, no blame at all for people who are caught up in it. Diet culture is incredibly powerful. And the powers that be that profit off of us hating ourselves are extremely powerful. And when we can remember that, that someone is profiting off of us hating ourselves and to be able to say, no, thank you. This is my life. This is my life. I am in control of my life. I am the one. And I remember when I was getting over my eating disorder in this moment where I just got so angry. I got so angry at the culture and the systems that were in place that caused me to hate myself and nearly kill myself with my eating disorder. And I wanted to die. And the anger fueled my passion to heal. And it really helped a lot. I uh, feel that was something I feel grateful for at that time. Just that spark of life inside of me, life force that said, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live and I'm not going to be half living. So I'm not going to be halfway caught and think I'm still something's wrong with me. So there was just like this that came out of me. And I want that for everybody, like for every life, even if someone doesn't have an eating disorder, but they just, as you said in the beginning, just kind of don't like themselves or hate themselves. 
this is your life. This is your life. Yeah. And this is the body that you've got. Life is hard. Right. Yeah. And this is the body. And life is freaking hard. I mean, no matter what, no matter how much you have, life is hard. It's hard to be human. And yet, how can we then not add to that difficulty by piling it on ourselves? And that's where compassion comes in. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved about your organization that the body positive was that you want to give a message to the youth that is positive, that they could say yes to instead of, no, I don't want that in my life. They can go, yes, I do want that in my life. And I love that about your organization. I have always just been so grateful that you were in the world, you know? Thank you. Yeah, Elizabeth always says we do 10% about the problem because we want to acknowledge that there are issues and then 90% on the solution. And to me, that's is so powerful. And I think one of the things I'm going to talk about in our kickoff is there's this whole discussion about who body positivity is for and should be for and who gets it and the exclusion and this and that. And my feeling is like our work is about creating a brave space for each individual to share their own unique life experience and body story, and that we are there to listen. Our whole model was created on listening, not like we had any answers for people. It's just the collection of all of that we heard about what people, and then these ideas that we then give to people to take in and make their own. And so there's no, like, this is what it should look like at the end. There's no prescribed end goal of perfection. And part of it so much is allowing people to look at their lives, look at their stories, look at their experiences, and then also just honor being human and <laughs> that we're going to fall down. But can we pick ourselves up? And with compassion and self-love, we can pick ourselves up. And when we can create body positive community, that's real body positive community, which is about freedom, liberation for all and seeing beauty in all people because we can see it in ourselves, then there's so much room for life and feeling it all. And so different than a lot of the messages that we get that there's not enough for all, that you have to grab whatever it is and hold on to it and you can't share, you can't give it out because it might be gone or I don't know what that was about for me, but for sure that's how, I did not realize that there was enough for everyone. I just never had that concept when I was growing up. It just wasn't, I mean, I was in a religion that said, you know, everybody else is going to go to hell except us, you know, and really hard when I had a girlfriend in fourth grade who wasn't what our religion was. It was like, oh no, you're gonna burn in hell for, I don't even know why. And I was taught that. I didn't get that idea just myself one day sitting, I wonder what life is about. Oh, everybody's gonna burn in hell except for me. No, I didn't get that by myself. My idea was so much more expansive than that and so much more not that. So how do we recover from these messages that we had? Like, how did you recover from your messages that you had? What did you have to do to get there? First, it was finding that spark of life force inside of me. There really was this moment where I realized that I was trying to kill myself with my eating disorder. And then I woke up. I even had dreams of suicide. And my mom, I had just told her, I, I don't even think we knew the word bulimia yet. It was not even there yet. And But she called me and said, I think you're trying to kill yourself. And all right at this moment when I was having these dreams, and it was like, oh my God, yes, I am. That This is right. Oh, I want to live. Okay, wow. This is not how I want to live. Okay. So the first thing I had to do was leave the partner that I was with, who was definitely a part of my eating disorder. I created a whole new community 
of friends because most of my friends were really part of, it wasn't called it then, but diet culture and self-hatred. And so I started hanging out with people who loved food and I was working in a restaurant at the time and I was dating someone then at that point who was uh, really just enjoyed food and we would go out and eat and it was all about flavors and textures and colors. And I just learned about food to be something completely different than what I'd experienced before. There was no fear. And I would have to sit there and have this food in me and have these moments of anxiety. Oh my God, I'm keeping food in me. And I did put on weight and um, then my body balanced out somewhere in the middle after a while. And it was just so beautiful. And over time with practice and being able to sit through the discomfort, I think that was really what was the challenge was to be able to say, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And then having tools like to go out for a walk or to be in the neighborhood and see the flowers or to call somebody that was one of my new friends to talk over what I was feeling with. And then after I got over bulimia, then I found a therapist that worked with me to deal with the soul loss. All the rest of it. Yeah. When I was doing it, it was on my own. There was no support and I didn't even know the word of what I had. And so it was a long time ago and it was different. And, but I made a commitment to myself. And I think that now looking back, that commitment was to learn to have compassion. I got over the body stuff pretty quickly, but then the rest of my self-love practice took time because I was still really hard on myself for being, I mean, I'm a high achiever and that's fine. And I think that being able to do things well, and then having been rewarded for that all my life to suddenly just be like, okay, that's important. And if I don't get it right, I don't have to beat myself up or not getting communication perfectly the first time and having conflict and all that stuff instead of beating myself up. And that was really interesting because I was working with the high school students at the time and watching them dealing with their body hatred. And suddenly I thought, wow, I still have some work to do on self-love. Okay. And I said it out loud, which was really fun because their response was, oh, wow, we thought there was some place we're going to get to where it's all going to be done. Yes. I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, it's, no. Not gonna, it's not done. It's the like, that's the lifetime practice. We just grow in it and it gets easier. And now it's, I'm 61. And that was when I was around 40 and self-love is a whole lot easier because I've been practicing that part of it. And now I get to deal with my body stuff again. I'm, you know, post-menopausal and my body's changing. I'm turning into an old woman. And so how fun to have self-love that I can then now give back to my body as it changes, which is really a blessing. It's so true. I feel like as long as I've had a body, which is as long as I've been on this earth and I just turned 70, it's always something. It's like Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Well, it's always something. There's always a new thing. Oh, I for, I'm forgetting stuff and, you know, my hip hurts and then whatever. But what's always there and steady and strong is my spirit when I have to remember to go back to that. And how I get there a lot of the time is compassion. I'm sorry this is happening to you, Laura Lee. I love you so much. You're going to be okay with this. This too. And my TEDx talk, that's where I talk about thinking of that part of us, that critical voice, when it does pop up, like, oh, it's a little child, you know. Yeah. And I realized it was like my daughter when she was having tantrums. And it's like, oh, hi. Oh, you're having a hard time today, aren't you? So I think of it as my fear. And I'm like, oh, hi, fear. It's a rough day. Yeah. So for me, always knowing that those arms of self love are wrapped around me, no matter how much I'm struggling. I've been having, to be honest, like a really hard time since September with putting on this event and some there have been and some glitches in terms of production and pretty much everything's been on coming through me and like 
a lot. I've, I've had to do a lot and I've been making mistakes. And so it's been really fascinating because I've had this consciousness and that's really been present the whole time just to help me get through. And that self-love, if I didn't have that right now, I don't know what I'd be doing because- Well, you'd be crazy. That's what happens. Right. We just go crazy. We just get so burned out and exhausted and maybe can't even do our work really, you know? And you've learned how to work with that. It's so beautiful because of course things are gonna go bad. I mean, I'm assuming that you're working with humans. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. We're not robots <laughs> yet. <laughs> Whenever I get to that breaking point, I think maybe I just, because I, I was a math major and an engineering student before I dropped out of college because of my eating disorder to go back and change my field. But I think maybe numbers, maybe I should just spend time with numbers. <laughs> And I yeah. don't have to worry about offending them or having conflicts. Exactly. But numbers are attached to humans somehow. So exactly. It would always be a human. Well, humans are the ones who made up norm numbers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's my fantasy. Is there anything that you would like to especially talk about right now before we end? You've talked a lot about this gala that's coming. and Sure. I think I just want to say, I mean, this piece about compassion, like tying it back to that, that we get to be here for ourselves and the work of being gentle with ourselves, I think is really what the world needs right now because we need more gentleness in the world. And so how can we be activists? How can we make change in the world? But how can we start with ourselves and really practice? And I'm not saying I've got it down. I'm practicing still. And then I see, but being conscious, I think this is where I am right now. And also I do a women's group and um, I'm starting to do more of this other work outside of the body positive around connecting with our wise woman, our wild woman. What I'm really getting is this consciousness is so key. So it doesn't matter if we blow it or whatever we're doing, but just that we can be aware and just watching and seeing what's happening and things that are working and things that aren't and making shifts and getting into alignment. And I just believe the world needs us to be in alignment with our spirits, with our souls. So the name of my book is Embody, Learning to Love Your Unique Body and Quiet That Critical Voice. And I chose Embody because I found a definition that says to provide a spirit with a physical form. Oh, wonderful. Fall. I and love to me, that. that's what it is. What is that saying? That we're not physical beings trying to be spiritual. We're spiritual trying to be physical. Yes. <laughs> so I just much found harder. That quote the other day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I just found it the other day for my women's group. So yeah, I, I invite people to read the book. It's really about the body positive work, the competencies and my own story. And there's stories of a lot of different people in that as well. I really hope people will listen to the TEDx talk. I've heard that it's very soothing and help, gives people tools for dealing oh, with their totally critical does. voices. And then, yeah, just participate in our week-long events and check out thebodypositive.org for all of that. And especially if people are interested in getting programs started or want to teach our work. We love getting new people in to teach our work or we have our online, the Body Positive Institute. And so you can find that on our website. And so there's courses for individuals who want their own support or to become leaders to take our work into the world. So fantastic. So many things to choose from and all of them are about the same thing, which is really self-love. Yes, exactly. Going back to that, yeah. Would you mind reading the bottom of this card? Today, I will practice. Today, I will practice meeting each part of myself with compassion. When I feel 
critical of myself or others, I will consciously choose again to see the situation through the eyes of loving compassion. Oh, yes. Isn't that, even if we just only had this as our everyday prayer to ourselves. Well, I can tell you it's going to be mine for the next couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I need to get me through the next rest of production. So thank you for that. That was a gift. That was an absolute gift. And thank you for being in the world with me. Really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. I feel the same about you, Laura. Okay. Thank you very much. And I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.